0: Thanks, Asanda. Six minutes past 12. This is Midday Live indeed here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Thank you very much for joining us. Top story this hour, President Jacob Zuma says government will have to redouble its efforts to get the economy on the right path. He was briefing the media on the economy and developments in the mining sector. Still to come also, KwaZulu-Natal Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, MEC, is expected to address members of the media on key developments in local government and and the release of the Manasseh report into Etagwini Municipal Affairs and the outcome of various forensics in the municipality. Staying with that, the Etagwini Municipality will invest an extra 290 million grand to fast-track the completion of uh, the massive water reticulation project in the western and northern parts of the city. Particularly if you are in the Ink region, you will know that uh, uh, water has been a problem there, so the mayor will tell you exactly what is going to happen. So these are other stories coming up shortly right here
1: on Midday Life. If you can sing, dance, and act, then this one's for you. Register now to audition for the ACT Ned Nedbank Performing Arts Scholarship and stand a chance to win 60000 or 105000 or the top scholarship worth 150000 rand. To find out more, visit the Arts and Culture Trust website act.org.za or Or call zero double one seven one two eight four zero three. 712 8403 Registration's closed 31st of May.
0: President Jacob Zuma says government will have to redouble its efforts to get the economy on the right path. He was briefing the media on the economy and developments in the mining sector in Pretoria. This is against the backdrop of the new GDP growth rate for the first quarter of 0.9% released this week and the instability in the mining sector. President Zuma says government needs to work hard to strengthen the economy in order to achieve the projected growth.
2: Growth. In the remaining three quarters of the year will have to be much higher for us to achieve the projected annual growth of 2.7 percent. You will recall that South Africa economy was among the first few economies that recovered quickly from the global financial crisis after It had contracted by 1.9% in 2009. However, recovery has not been as strong as needed. We need faster growth. Without faster growth, we cannot succeed in reducing unemployment, poverty and inequality. Our long-term development blueprint the National Development Plan, as well as the new growth path, which now forms part of the National Development Plan, call for growth rates of about 3.5% per annum to put the economy on the right footing. Therefore. Government will redouble its efforts to support the economy towards achieving this objective. However, we cannot deliver growth on our own. We need business, labour and community sectors to play their part.
0: President Jacob Zuma briefing the media just a short while ago. Really a very rare occasion for the President to come and, and really talk the way he did. Ntebo Mokobo, you are the presidential correspondent, really uh, the President uh, firm and saying that uh, the, 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 the issues uh, in the mining sector they are really hurting the economy, but uh, also saying that uh, government alone cannot uh, achieve the turnaround in the economy of uh, the, the country. Just tell us more about that. Hello? Hi Ntebo, good afternoon. Good afternoon, as, as I was saying, really a very rare uh, uh, moment for the President to come out and talk about the economy the way he did, highlighting that uh, really government alone cannot do this. He is uh, really asking everyone in South Africa to put their hands on deck and uh, starting pushing the economy in the right uh, trajectory.
3: Indeed, uh, Bongi, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those rare occasions where you see the president uh, calling a press briefing in like within 24 hours and really address some of the key challenges that, is face, that are facing the country. Indeed, he did talk about the economy, he did talk about uh, what's happening in the mining uh, sector, and of course calling everyone really to put his hands on deck to make sure that uh, the much-needed growth is realized. And of course... Uh, the projected uh, 2.7% that uh, uh, it's really needed to ensure that the, the National Development Plan becomes a reality and answer or response to the uh, challenges of uh, joblessness in the country because you would recall that the National Development Plan, among others, seeks to create around 10 million jobs within uh, by, by 2020. Therefore, for that to really happen... Uh, Everyone needs to ensure that they work in a concerted effort to ensure that all those uh, objectives or dreams that are contained in the National development plan document are realized
0: all right, but uh, really the the, the, the soul. Painful issue really is the is the is the developments in the mining sector. Uh, Noom asking for 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 sixty percent right now as we know it, but also the unrest and also the president pointing out that uh, he's ins- instructed the deputy president to deal with these issues there. That uh, government uh, led by the NC is not taking sides, uh, siding with Noom, but uh, engaging everyone.
3: Yes, indeed. Uh, you would recall, I mean uh, that. Uh there were, there, were, there were possible I an mean, incoming of retrenchments were in the often the platinum belt, and of course, uh, the, both unions, AMCU and the National Union of Mine Workers, were up in arms, uh, saying that they, they, they won't accept that. And of course, even the Minister, uh, Minister Susan Shabangu, also uh Uh, entering the phrase saying that uh, there has to be a cool head. Uh, Everyone needs to uh, work together to ensure that they avert those uh, retrenchments. And therefore, it is uh, the board now is in the courts of the unions to ensure that it works with uh, uh, the the, the, the employers, to ensure that uh, they save those those jobs and to ensure that they come up with realistic demands because, I mean, you would recall that uh, NUM is is not taking down on its 60% uh, salary demand Therefore, uh, that on its own, uh, as the President has indicated, that uh, he has instructed or he has urged the Deputy President together with several ministers, the Minister of Finance, Minister uh, Pravin Gordon as well as Minister Shabangu, to ensure that all these uh, parties in the mining uh, sector work together to ensure that they avert the strike. It's understandable that now it's the bargaining season, but they need to work together to ensure that they avert those strikes, and they need to, to work together to ensure they save at, uh, jobs in the mining sector.
0: Thank you very much to our presidential correspondent Debo Mokobo and Dima uh, is putting together a nice package for us uh, focusing on the economic growth and what the president said and uh, many other issues really around that. It's uh, 14 minutes now past 12. Let's uh, talk to the unions. We talk, go to AMCO. Uh, the Labour Court has ordered Loan Management to stop their intentions to evict National Union of Mine Workers from its platinum mines offices in West this after thousands of miners affiliated to uh, the Association of Mine Workers and Construction Union, AMCO, demanded that a NUM must vacate min offices as they are now in majority of over 40 rather 70%. Let's say good afternoon to Joseph Matundra, the president of AMCO. How are you doing, sir?
4: Good and how are you?
0: I'm fine. Let's start with what uh, the president has just said. That uh, the uh, deputy president, uh, in fact, the deputy president is dealing with uh, the issue in uh, in the mining sector. He is talking to yourselves, talking to amco and talking to to Noom. Let just take a listen to what the president said, and maybe let's uh, let, let's get your reaction to that.
2: I don't think the government has taken any stance that takes sides when it comes to how we relate to the miners or labour organisations in the mind. The fact that uh, COSATU is in alliance with the ANC has never made us to fail to deal with things properly and fairly without choosing political friends or comrades or whatever. We deal with matters very appropriately. We are, for an example, engaging AMCO particularly because we believe there is an established labor relation and framework in the country, which has made the unions over the years, to be able to interact with management. The the points we are making with that is that we should not have a new tendency wherein these are not respected. Well, that's a problem. If these are not respected. You cannot allow the unions, for an example, to engage on the wildcat strikes, which are, some of them, (coughs) not necessarily strikes that have been That could be termed as legal strikes. So these are the matters we are dealing with. We appreciate, for example, that AMCO may be a new union that is trying to grapple with these issues, and that's why we are engaging them. We are not taking side at all.
0: Mr. Matunja, you heard the president. What do you make of that?
4: Yes thank you very much uh, I was not listening to him uh, I just heard it now sure. that the president was talking so therefore I don't think it will be correct for me to to try to interpret what uh, the president is saying uh, I believe that what he's saying it will be what is exercised mm. I mean on the ground uh, I think uh, I'll that to deal it in
0: that way that, that uh, the the deputy president has been uh, really assigned to speak to yourselves uh, has that process started
4: yes I, I did meet the we did meet the deputy president but there was much there was nothing much in detail that we engaged uh, we just registered our grievances with regard to the labor nation at the workplace, so I think there will be another follow-up meeting to that
0: effect. But but also, the president is highlighting the issue that uh, there are bargaining processes that need to be followed, and everyone in the uh, in the mining sector, uh, in the labour space, need to follow those. Are you are you happy with, uh, with at least with that assertion?
4: I mean, uh, uh, I hope it doesn't suggest that we are not following such processes. Uh, Amco it does honour it embraces the labor relations and uh, all forums that are well established in regulating the the worker-employer relations. I think you'll remember in the last strike that uh, took two days at Min we were we were there and we advised our members that there is a CCMa, let register our grievances through the CCMa, and then if it happens, we embark on a strike, it should be a protected strike commissioned by the CMA. So we do embrace any forum that deals with labor relations.
0: Alright, let's move to another issue right now. The, the Labor Court uh, ordering uh, Lonmin management to stop their intentions to uh, kick out uh, the National Union of Mine Workers there. Uh, what is your reaction to that?
4: I think first thing first, one, uh, AMCO has got nothing to do with NUM. The relationship that was entered into was between NUM and the management. AMCO was made to, be believed, to believe that Management of means served NUM with a notice of termination of its organizational rights last year, which was through uh, October hmm. uh, 2012. That is how we were told, because their own recognition agreement and threshold of 50 plus 1 couldn't NUM keep it. And they were given 18 months to recoup membership to reach the very same 50 plus 1. Therefore, if the court has ruled that NUM should be given uh, a period until the 16th of July, I think that has got nothing to do with AMCO. It's a, a union to management relations.
0: Okay, but you're not you're not gonna you're gonna you're not gonna be pressing for 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 Noom to vacate offices as of today, for instance. You're gonna give them that time until uh, until July.
4: I think one I haven't seen that uh, ruling myself. Okay, uh, but uh, but secondly, the workers, the 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 workers, they embark on this uh, unprotected industrial action, which it happened to be that, but. It was to serve the memorandum to management. One, our members were complaining about carrying off firearms at the workplace by NUM members. Two, they were made to believe that NUM, its recognition was terminated last year. And the employer told us, as AMCO. So then the workers, our members were simply saying, this union is not even supposed to be at the workplace. They're not supposed to have offices because of what management told us. And they are carrying weapons at the workplace. I think that was an issue. Okay. Then, secondly, the issue between AMCO and management is not about NUM. It's about principles. It's about collective agreement. It's about recognition of AMCO at the workplace.
0: So got you.
4: AMCO cannot AMCO yes, cannot go and say, management, close those offices, it should be a collective agreement and principles that we, we, we enter, that we, 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 I mean, we respect, that okay. should suggest that. It's not AMCO.
0: It's not AMCO. Thank you very much. Let's say uh, Joseph Matunja. He is the president of uh, the Association of Mine Workers and Construction Union, AMCO.
5: The Standard Bank Jazz Festival kicks off in Grahamstown on the 27th of June. SAFM is proud once again to be the official radio partner. Join us for 10 days of amazing jazz and blues, featuring Mikasa, Esavan Naidu and dozens more local and international jazz superstars. Also featuring the 2013 Young Artist Award winner for jazz, Shane Cooper. SAFM will be there to bring you some amazing performances and keep you in the loop with all the backstage action. But there's nothing quite like being there, so book now at CompuTicket and head to Grahamstown. For the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. Hear yourself for twenty-two exciting regular Friday evening appointments because Nut for Nut is back. We're gonna rock you again with brand new music challenges, bubbling contestants, brilliant guest artists, and our red hot band. Kick off your shoes, phones off the hook, on with your music hats, and come and sing, play, and laugh along with us. See you every Friday evening at seven on SABC Two for the usual fun and games associated with Nut for Nut. I can't wait. Yeah.
0: Our top story this hour: President Jacob Zuma says government will have to redouble its efforts to get the economy on the right path. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at one thousand four hundred and five dollars seventy-five cents an ounce. Platinum at one thousand four hundred and sixty-six dollars sixty cents an ounce. The rand is trading at nine rand eighty-one against the U.S. dollar, at fourteen eighty-nine to the pound and at twelve seventy-four to the euro. The constitutional court is today hearing an application into the constitutionality of the so-called kissing law. The Criminal Law, Sex uh, Offences and Related Matters Amendment Act criminalizes consensual sex activity or rather sexual activity between children between 12 and 16 years. These after sections of the Sexual Offences Act were declared unconstitutional by the High high Court in Pretoria. Such activities include kissing, hugging and even petting amongst children. In the This age group. Let's talk now to uh, our senior constitutional court reporter, Candice Klein. Good afternoon. Take us through what uh, came out uh, uh, in court today. It seems
6: that in a very conservative South African society, sex is a taboo subject, um, and the Constitutional Court um, is discussing um, that very intimate, private uh, area uh, of sex and intimacy um, between two people. Um, but these, these two people are, 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 are whether considered adolescents or children between the ages of 12 and 16. Now, the legal age for consent for any sexual activity is 16, uh, which means that you only lawfully can consent to having sex or to kissing someone or to engaging in any sexual act with someone from the age of 16. Um, under the age of 16, you don't have the ability or the cognitive ability, according to the law, to consent to such sexual activity. Now, the whole Sexual Offences Act is actually geared towards protecting children and women and the mentally disabled as well, who often fall vulnerable to, to sexual predators, to pedophiles and the like. So are sections in the law which makes it illegal for an adult um, above the age of 18 to engage in any sexual activity with a child under the age of 16. And um, that is known as statutory date. It's, it's illegal. It's criminally punishable. um, there's jail time that, that is faced by that. Now that is not at issue here what is that issue is the experimentation that naturally happens normally in in any adolescence young life. They experiment with with kissing and and, and they have feelings for boys or girls, whatever the case may be um, and they're expressing themselves and they're trying to discover their sexuality and in in doing that, um, the state is saying that they're trying to protect children from themselves um, and that they're actually engaging in all these uh, sexual activities that actually leads to sex uh, which opens them up to exposure to HIV which opens them up to of falling pregnant and not understanding cognitively what that could mean. So the legislature is basically trying to protect children from themselves. And, and children's rights groups and women's rights groups are saying that the law has gone too far um, in, in policing something that has been happening for decades, that we've all po- pro- probably, possibly, uh, have engaged in as adolescents and teenagers, discovering our sexuality. And they're saying that the law is just too broad because it basically means that if, if I see a child or, or two teenagers or two 14-year-olds kissing outside, I have the obligation on me, on threat of, of being prosecuted myself, to report them to the police. Once the police find out about it then they take a decision to prosecute them for breaking the law as it stands, because they're not allowed to do that, they're not allowed to kiss each other, they're not allowed to hug or to engage in any sexual activity, both children will be charged brought before the criminal justice system, brought before a magistrate, uh, and basically forced to recompense for that. And and, and the concerns that were raised by various experts on behalf of these children um, is that it actually would damage them. It would stigmatize sex. It would drive the subject of sex education underground. Mm. Because of course, as a young person, I'm not going to tell my parents that I kissed a boy because then I'm going to get into trouble. I'm going to get in trouble with the law. Everyone's going to know that I've been convicted for for having sex, and and there goes my reputation in And So there's all those kinds of stigmatization issues, and they say that that actually increases the risks of children engaging in risky sexual behavior because they don't want to go and and, and ask for condoms or from the clinic because they're afraid that they'll get reported. So they end up engaging in risky sexual behavior to avoid um, the the punishment that could follow under the law. So that's really the technical issues around the legislation, what the state is trying to do, and and how the the, the, the kids are basically saying that the the state is going too far, that they can't intervene in one's private sexual uh, space. Um, That is something for you to decide as a young person or for your parents to, to decide. It's not something for the criminal law system to be imposed upon.
0: All oh, right, that's uh, very comprehensive there. Thank you very much, uh, Candice Klein, for clarifying that. Uh, she is our senior constitutional court reporter. 28 minutes past 12. Let me read uh, just a few SMSs coming through. This one from uh Kosi Maklachuga saying that uh, the... uh All right... Uh, I'll have to re-read this one, but uh, let me go to this one from uh, Robson uh, uh, Dima saying that a short while ago, business uh, were invited by our president to support the ANC and uh, flourish. Uh, William Ramini when uh, will when will Cosatu as uh, the alliance partner ever be utilised to ensure adequate foreign investment into South Africa? And this one coming from uh, Brian Kumalo, MPT, in uh, Peter Marisbeck saying that those so-called regime change join the ANC voluntarily. If uh, they are not happy, they must leave the ANC in peace. They set a bad example there. We love the ANC. And this one says, uh, do you have to wait until you get bad GDP figures for you to redouble efforts? Uh, Efforts has uh, to be redoubled before GDP figures to get good GDP figures. That one is coming through from uh, Cz, And uh, this one from uh, Paseka uh, Makoti saying that uh, I was faithfully born here. And, uh, pushed push to apartheid transcar used by the clerk to guard Mandela's inauguration and, uh, now expelled by my tribal essay. Poor. That's a uh, Baseka the then writing through to us on a 34701. Still to come, arrests are imminent following widespread leaks of question papers in FET colleges. The Department of Higher Education and Training has released the names of 38 colleges, it says, were affected by what seems to be widespread question paper leaks. So, uh, our senior educational reporter there is Angela Boluwane who has put together this package for us. This is SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, President Jacob Zuma, saying that government will have to redouble its efforts to get the, the economy on the right path. It's 12.30 now, and it's time for the news headlines with Asanda Majdan. Nancy Curry, uh, writes from Jerusalem and Israel, saying that uh, President Zuma's claim of his government taking a neutral stand in addressing the upheaval, ongoing strife in the Platinum Belt, is inconsistent and incoherent. Uh, so, to reality, as we all know, that uh, they've maintained their view of AMCO being a counter-revolutionary movement. There, coming through at Kwa, uh, it's Guala b Yes, it's kwazulu b At sabc.co.za, that's my email address. So many ways to get in touch with us: three four seven zero one. You can also tweet us we are at s a f m midday live or we can also tweet at gualape news so that's a plethora of ways to get in touch with us. Arrests are imminent following widespread leaks of question papers in FET colleges. The Department of Higher Education and Training has released the names of 38 colleges, it says, were affected by what seems to be widespread question paper leaks. 29 question papers were leaked, leading to results of thousands of students being withheld. Senior education reporter is Angela Boluani.
7: 29 question papers, 28 public FET colleges, and 10 private FET colleges. These are the numbers the Department of Education and Training is churning out. The department says it's certain that something fishy happened in these institutions. There are suspicions that there is a syndicate working in these institutions which has leaked question papers to countless students. But it seems that even other institutions that were not named by the department have also been affected. This student is from an institution that the department is not mentioned she wrote four courses and the results of three of them have been withheld she's beyond herself
6: three of my subjects are pending the, the, the results that I got is not what I have expected we were told that uh, it's because the National Department took 25% out of our current marks so we don't know why uh, why they did that and uh, nobody is willing to give us an explanation they tell us that we need to go to the national department to, to, to be answered that question.
7: She's not the only one. I spoke to another student who has had the results of one course withheld. His institution is not on the list, and he's not too sure what he's supposed to do next. He has decided to register for the courses that do not need the withheld course as a prerequisite.
4: I was doing four subjects. I only got three, and one is still pending, of which is electrical training. I'm like, I've registered for three subjects, of which for me, if I fail one subject, I'll have to go back and wait for the other pending uh, result subject and also do it back again.
7: But the Department of Higher Education says it's also trying the best it can. It is clear that they have big problems with security. If it was a matric exam and this happened, the nation would be outraged. But the impact of this security breach is just as bad. FET colleges have hundreds of thousands of students. They are struggling already with their image and it looks like they are not handling the situation very well with students saying they have not been given any explanation and other students protesting on campuses. Director General Gobson-Gonde says they're expecting to make arrests and they're looking at ways to increase security around exams.
4: Yes, we are expecting arrests. We're investigating tests. We're investigating corruption, you know, in the system. No, we are investigating as to what actually happened and what subject is affected. And we are using uh, tools, that are prescribed in terms of investigating uh, such matters, and of which uh, I think it would not be appropriate to actually divulge, you know, what we are actually doing when we are investigating, because we don't Want at the same time to alert the criminals.
7: Various students have complained about their marks being subtracted. Even those that received their results say they have had about 25% of their marks deducted. Omalusi, which moderated the results, says it's not because of the moderation process, while the department says it has nothing to do with that. Despite all this confusion, spokesperson of Umalusi Laki Ditaunyan, says the integrity of the results is intact.
4: Well,
8: we did the moderation of the exams, And uh, alongside that process, uh, we also had a report, an investigative report into the exams that was released by the Department of Higher Education and Training. And that report revealed that uh, uh, several irregularities were detected. Uh, While we were doing the moderation, we had to take that into account because before the council, uh, that is, Women's Council, can... Uh, approve the results all issues and all factors have to be taken into account including that
0: And uh, that report was put together by Angela Boluana in Johannesburg at uh, 24 minutes to 1 right here on Midday Live uh, Port Elizabeth police have threatened with uh, large scale ar- uh, arrests today if uh, the violent protests against gangsterism in the Boysons Park and uh, Mission Vale areas continue. This morning, uh, protesters torched a bus and continued with the sporadic barricading of roads with uh, burning tyres and rocks. Let's talk to our reporter now. Uh, good afternoon to you. Bring us up to speed with the uh, developments there right now as we speak.
9: Okay, at the moment, Bonjee, the situation remains intense. The latest that town um, this morning, one Somali, one Somali national was killed by the residents when they attacked from um, shop and also one shop has been satellite by the resident, and also an Algoa that was transporting the workers and also school children to work and to schools was also satellite. Um, according to the police this is no longer a protest, it has become um, it has an element of criminal activity because if you look at the people that are actually looting this shop of foreign nationals, mostly the unemployed youth in the area as, as compared to Tuesday you'll find that all the people participating also in the protest, but at the moment it's on the youth that is barricading roads, uh, barricading roads with burning tires and also stones, pelting passing by vehicles, and also one fire brigade that was on its way to the uh, to the uh, to the burning shop was also pelted with uh, with a petrol bomb this morning, and unfortunately uh, for, nothing happened to, to that fire brigade.
0: All right, and uh, we also heard of uh, foreign nationals' shops uh, being looted there, and police having to use rubber bullets to disperse crowds. What is the situation so far? As that is concerned, do we still have foreign national shops still standing? Yes, if
9: you look this morning, as I said before, this is turning to some. Some kind, some sort of an war between foreign nationals and also the residents. Because when we got here this morning, the the foreign nationals they were also there was some sort of a, a small fight between the residents and also foreign nationals. And the the foreign nationals had to be escorted out of the area by the police. And uh, and uh, and 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 the, the residents they are still continuing with um, with, with uh, looking of sort of foreign nationals and and, uh, and this is also spreading to also to the neighboring location because this started this started here at Boysen Park, but yesterday the, the looting of foreign national shops, it spread to the, to the neighboring location, which is not far from poison um, Park at uh, the village and after they, they attempted uh, to loot some shops, they, they only managed to loot one shop, but uh, driving around... Park in this area, you'll find several shops out there. They main. Their main doors have been fought, uh, um, 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 uh, opened, and and, and uh, the residents will find will find the residents. They are camping inside um, these foreign nationals. So they okay. have taken over. They have taken everything from there.
0: Got you. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Singlina There, our reporter in Port Elizabeth. Let's go back to the matters economy now. President Jacob Zuma has called on uh, stakeholders to realise the impact of industrial action on. Jobs. This is unions in the sector call for double digit increases of up to 60%. The president's call comes a day after the World Bank slashed its economic growth focus for South Africa to 2.5% from 3.2%. The bank cited the severity of both domestic and external risks, particularly the potential for worsening labor market unrest. Democracy Reports.
10: Another blow to an economy reeling. The World Bank forecast comes on the back of worse than expected growth figures in the first three months of 2013. Earlier in the week, data released by Statistics South Africa show that Africa's number one economy grew only by 0.9% in the first quarter. The weakest growth since 2009. This is done from the 2.1% growth registered in the last quarter of 2012. The reduced forecast by the World Bank comes against the backdrop of subdued external demand. Yana Liru is an economist and at ETM analytics.
6: It doesn't come as too much of a surprise if you look at the initial forecast which in our view has been overly optimistic.
10: In its South Africa economic update, the World Bank forecast South Africa's annual growth for 2013 at 2.5%, down from 3.2%. This is lower than the National Treasury's forecast of 2.7% for 2013 and 3.5% for 2014. The Bank's lead economist, Sandeep Mahajan, explains.
8: There are factors that are specific to South Africa as well, which have led to the lowering of the growth projections. For one, we have lowered the, our estimate of the potential GDP growth in South Africa. That is, how much can Africa grow during normal times? That potential has uh, dropped from 3.5% to 3.1% we can go into uh, the reasons for that. Uh, In addition, the savings rate, the national savings rate in South Africa has declined.
10: Addressing the media in Pretoria earlier today, President Jacob Zuma says government has put in place various initiatives to help stabilise the country's mining sector.
2: I asked the Deputy President to engage. He's engaging everyone. We are very neutral when it comes to our dealings as government with uh, what is happening in the mines. He's meeting, for an example, NUM, He's also meeting AMCO, as well as NACTU, where AMCO is now affiliated, as well as COSATU. So we are not meeting others and not others. I don't think the government has taken any stance that takes sides when it comes to how we relate to the miners.
10: The poor growth may result in a further cut in the country's sovereign credit rating. If growth comes in below focus, this will in all likelihood push up the budget deficit as a percentage of GDP and will result in less tax revenue. Economist Elise Kruger of Cat Capital elaborates.
6: I think the the credit rating agencies will have a lot to think about if if our growth rate is going to be as low as what I think it will be this year, and you know, should we perhaps see a further downgrade, you know, based on say a labour market that doesn't stabilise plus low growth plus fiscal slippage obviously it's another negative You know, then the rent will even be weaker and we'll even have more troubles on inflation
10: At the same time the country has to deal with a volatile currency which has a tendency to overshoot in either direction. This week the rent hit new 4 year lows and is hovering just below the 10 rent mark. The continued weakness of the rent will put upward pressure on inflation eroding consumers' disposable income Already consumer spending has dwindled because of high levels of household indebtedness. Kruger says this is likely to worsen as input costs such as electricity continue to climb.
6: The consumer will probably remain under pressure for the reminder of this if year you, if you factor in sort of a a slightly rising trend in inflation that will eat part of the nominal wage increase that, you know, that, that will be granted in the economy.
10: Yalaniru says the weakness of the RAND is exacerbated by large outflows as a result of talk about the Federal Reserve in the US winding down its quantitative easing program.
6: We're seeing large outflows from emerging markets as investors opt to, to rotate into, back into the US and they are less inclined to, to keep these risky positions.
10: The country's key export destination remains in a recession. Reserve Bank Governor Joe Marcus has said that there are a number of critical domestic issues that are contributing to the vulnerability of the economy. These need to be addressed urgently. They include the deficit on the current account of the balance of payments, the fractious labor relations environment and declining domestic and foreign investor confidence which could impact directly on capital flows. Low investor confidence in the country has seen South Africa drop three places to 53 in the IMD world competitiveness rankings. This puts the country just one notch above troubled Greece and it makes it the worst performing amongst its BRICS partners. For SABC News in Johannesburg, I'm Dima Gazole Shoro.
0: And uh, just uh, two SMSs, Bongi, really, is the is it uh, such a big call for South African companies to pay us a living wage? We hear that uh, food prices will go up, but salaries remain very low. That's stay in KwaZulu-Natal. This one, Kosima Katuga, saying that uh, the Trapatat Alliance will not get our economy right because they are just managing our economy on behalf of the Chamber of Mines and the prescription of Madam Queen and Washington. The NDP is just a national deprivation plan they're coming through from course with that we say good afternoon to poor more of uh, Sasfin securities i see metal prices are higher this morning how how has that uh, affected our market Mpo? Uh
11: good afternoon bongi our market is trading firmer with all major indices in the green as uh, yesterday's profit taking gave way for bargain hunting by investors who saw value in uh, stocks at lower levels this is despite the uh, nikkei losing 5.1 percent this morning Markets are also firmer in Europe where the food is up zero point one five percent, DEX up half a percent and the cake foot is zero point seven percent better. Back to the JC we've got the gold index up zero point seven two of a percent, resource index up one point five five percent, industrial index up half a percent. Financial index up 0.8%. The overall market is up 305 points to 41,539 points.
0: And the results from Tiger Brands and uh, an announcement by uh, Growth Point?
11: Uh, firstly, Tiger Brands released their interim result. Headline earnings per share were up uh, 4% to 818 cents, as against 786.5 cents previously. An interim dividend of 310 cents was declared. Tiger Brands is currently trading 0.4% higher at 290 rands and 30 cents. Growth Point announced that it has withdrawn its offer to purchase Fountainhead properties, and caution is no longer required when dealing in the company's shares. Growth Point is currently trading flat at 26 rands and 84 cents, and Fountainhead is currently trading 4.1% lower at 8 rands and 56 cents.
0: Any big movers today, Impo?
11: Uh, mainly dominated by the miners. We've got Harmony up eight uh, and a quarter percent, two thirty-eight Rands and ten cents, Goldfield up five point five percent, two fifty-nine Rands and fifty-four cents, Lonmin up four point seven percent, 41 Rands and ninety cents, Anglo Gold Ashanti up three point seven percent, to one hundred and sixty-four Rands and ninety-nine cents, Nampec up two point three percent, 33 Rands and seventy-four cents. On the downside, we've got Octadec down four point three percent, two twenty-two Rands. Ilova Sugar down three point one percent to thirty four rents and thirty cents. Supergroup down three percent to twenty four rents and ninety cents. Sycom also down three percent to twenty seven rents and seventy four cents, and lastly hospitality A down two point seven percent to seventeen rents and eighty cents.
0: And your latest market indicators?
11: The gold class is currently quoted one thousand four hundred and five dollars and ninety cents an ounce, platinum one thousand four hundred and sixty six dollars and twenty five cents a fine ounce. Rent crude one hundred and one dollars and eighteen cents per barrel. The government R one five seven is trading a yield of five point two nine percent. And now two currencies, the rent to the dollar is at nine eighty one cents, the rent to the pound is at fourteen rents and ninety one cents, the rent to the euro, is at twelve rents and seventy six cents. Back to your bond.
0: Thank you very much to Paul More of Southwind Securities. Alright, let's go to Etegrini now. Uh, The municipality there will invest an extra 290 million rand to fast-track the completion of uh, the Massive Water Reticulation Project in the western and northern parts of the city. This in a bid to improve water supply and unlock development opportunities in these areas. This was announced by the Mayor of Etegrini, James Numalo, as he tabled the municipality's 33.7 billion rand 2013-2014 budget. SMME Development and the presidential strategic infrastructure program will also receive a fair share of the budget. I asked the mayor to give us highlights of his budget.
4: As you know, that uh, as uh, municipalities throughout the country, especially the mega metros, me- 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 uh, we are experiencing the problem of uh, informal settlement and watercans. camps. And again, we have a problem of ING uh, and the problem of shortages of water. In the northern part of our region, in the areas of Inlanda, one machine, two Phoenix, right up to the King Chaga Airport and the areas of the Mafekate, uh, uh, which is a rural area. So, therefore, uh, we are happy that uh, we have commissioned a project of a billion rand, which is in the, western of the northern aqueduct, which will actually help us to provide uh, enough water supply uh, into the areas of the north, right up to King Chaga Airport. But we measure also uh, contribution of our budget in terms of the capital uh, ex- expenditure uh, will go towards the uh, infrastructure development uh, in the city. As you know, that uh, one of it uh, is is the, uh, the construction of the, uh, uh, the regulatory port. Uh, you have the infrastructure development that was announced by the president, uh, which is a billion rand project starting from uh, Devon, uh, uh, Freestead, uh, Houghton Corridor, and the tripod at and the industries that are going to be constructed in kitterage, that will help us to uh, create job opportunities.
0: All right. In the meantime, what are you doing to address the situation of uh, water strategies, particularly in the Ink region, in Andandanduzu, Maguamashu, Umzinyati, uh, all the way to, to the Kingshaga International Airport? Because that, for me, is a strategic development node.
4: Uh, in terms of this budget, we have decided to uh, uh, put it aside an amount of 17 million rands uh, where we want to purchase more uh, trucks uh, to transport water supply into the northern areas of Inc. And again, that, uh, we will be buying about 10,000 total tankers as part of uh, a water campaign as a scarce resource and water harvesting at the same time uh, because uh, what we did is that uh, we have decided to uh, add another 290 million rand uh, to speed up the process of uh, commissioning that project of water supply, uh, which is the Western and Northern Aqueduct in the Northern Areas. That project was going to uh, was going to be completed at the end of uh, 2017. We have decided to bring it uh, into, into front uh, to be completed uh, two years earlier than uh, it was expected.
0: Mr. Mayor, you also announced in, uh, the, the alternative housing technology uh, a pilot project which would be used to fast-track housing delivery. Maybe tell us about that particular uh, uh, technology. But also, secondly, what is said there in Ettegwini uh, is that a lot of money goes towards really repairing uh, low-cost houses because of shoddy workmanship that we've been experiencing there. Talk us through those two issues.
4: Yes, yeah, when, when we have done a research, and uh, the report is actually telling us that um, we have a serious problem of the uh, one shortage of land in the municipality, but number two, we have a problem of the battle of uh, uh, 410,000 people who need houses in the municipality, particularly the people who are staying in the informal settlements, uh, who are living in the shacks around the city of Devon. And again, the people are living in the rural areas. And therefore, it was for that reason uh, that we said if we want to use only one uh, option in terms of conventional uh, building of houses, we're not going to defeat uh, the problem of escalations of people who are not uh, having enough, what to call necessary uh, shelter or accommodation in terms of housing. Then we have decided to uh, approve uh, uh, money to pilot the new housing uh, alternative technology, uh, that will be launching in the month of June.
0: All right, let's talk about the issue of uh, SMEs. How much uh, did you set aside for this? Because these are the creators of jobs.
4: We have set aside an amount of one hundred and forty six million rand for the SMEs uh, development and support, so that we ensure that there is enough incubator and support for the SMEs, with the aim of actually uh, empower, uh, empowering our people who are in the small business sector.
0: Councillor James Numalo is the mayor of Eteguini. Let's stay right there in the city of Eteguini. KwaZulu Natal Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs MEC Nomu Satube is currently addressing the media on key developments in local government and the release of the Manasseh report into Eteguini municipal affairs and the outcome of various forensics in the municipalities. Right. Let's talk to our reporter, Thrice Liebenberg. Finally, uh, Thrice, the report will be released Oh, will it be released? There's been so much around this uh, this Manasseh report.
8: Good afternoon. Yes, um, the NEC just started her media briefing, and um, she is uh, she started to uh, give um, an overview of the highlights of her uh, term as. But um, all eyes are basically on this briefing to find out what will happen with this, uh, uh, when when the report will be made public. Hmm. And in a written statement that has been handed to the media, uh, the NEC says that a date will be announced in the next few days. Hmm.
0: yeah. but but this report uh, there is really is about uh, allegations of fraud of corruption and maladministration it dates back to uh, many years ago just just give us a bit of a background just remind us of, of some of the key elements of this of this uh, manas report
8: yes Uh do they handed the reports to the Durban Metro more than a year ago um, it's the whole process started with an audit by the Auditor General. Uh, it was followed by another, uh, for, pr- forensic in, uh, um, uh, 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 looking into the, the state of matters. Um the latest report found massive, uh, problems with the handling of tenders, counselors and, uh, uh, doing business with the council, um, uh, senior managers, several senior managers have been, fin- has been fingered, and due to the uh, to the slow progress with dealing with um, the, the 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 issues pointed out, um, the DA and the and the IFP have now both gone to the high court to try and force. Uh, the Durban Metro to, uh, make this public.
0: All right, Thrace, you need to go back to this uh, press uh, briefing before you lose out on what is going on there. We thank you very much. Thrace uh, Liebenberg is our reporter in Durban uh, about uh, the KwaZulu-Natal Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, MEC Nomsad-Dube. They're addressing the media on some key developments there, and in particular the Manasseh report into municipal municipality affairs and allegations of fraud and corruption there. South Africa has added its voice to growing international condemnation of the continued violence in a serious civil war, calling on the parties to the conflict to immediately put an end to the violence and start engaging each other constructively. Yesterday, the UN Human Rights Council in Geneva passed a resolution condemning, condemning the government's use of foreign fighters in a battle for the town of al Qusai and called on authorities to meet their responsibilities to protect civilians. Show in Bryce Peace Reports.
5: With reports emerging that several thousand Hezbollah troops are fighting alongside government forces in Syria, widespread condemnation, Ban Ki-moon was addressing reporters in New York.
4: We are very much uh, concerned that uh, many actors are now um, uh, involved in this. My strong message is that um, fighting must stop immediately. Immediately, so that the political process uh, can, can begin. That's the best way at this time.
5: This as the European Union voted Tuesday to lift an arms embargo on Syria's rebels, with concerns that this will only escalate the violence and blunt peace efforts driven by Russia and the United States. Nabi Pillay is the High Commissioner for Human Rights, addressing the Human Rights Council in Geneva.
1: The solution must be political. It will not be military. Outside forces, including some states, are reported to be actively fueling the conflict by providing weapons and ammunition to one side or the other. This emboldens the belligerents.
5: The South African government, in a statement called increasing reports of war crimes and crimes against humanity, deplorable, with both sides accused of continuing to flout international law, as Navi Pillay explains.
1: The flagrant disregard of international law is not limited to the government side. Many anti-government armed groups are reportedly engaging in military operations within civilian populated areas. Some of these groups continue to carry out executions of captured members of pro-government forces and affiliated militias. The abduction of civilians by anti-government armed groups as well as killings, violence, and threats of reprisals against civilian populations perceived to be supportive of the government, are also believed to be escalating.
5: The Human Rights Council's resolution in Geneva adds to a host of votes there and by the General Assembly here in New York that have condemned the violence in Syria but changed absolutely nothing on the ground. But a peace summit organized by Russia and the United States in Geneva next month appears to be the best hope for peace in Syria, failing which attempts to find a negotiated settlement will surely fade with it. Sherman Briceby's, SABC News, New York.
0: And that's how we come to the end of our program. Thank you very much to the team. We shall meet again for your Friday edition of Midday Live. Bye-bye.